Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man films heading to Disney Plus around the world, except for the US. And we're also going to be talking about a special live stream that's taking place at this coming week um, from Epcot. We'll be talking about um, some other bits and pieces, plus we'll be sharing our thoughts on Lightyear, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Miss Marvel, and so on. But a quick bit of housekeeping, if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. You can also subscribe on the audio platforms. You can find us on social media, including on um, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find me on TikTok, I'm trying stuff out there, but nevertheless, it's there. And yeah, um, on that note, and also, of course, a quick note, um, I had a couple of requests for people to, um, about the audio, an audio version of the Q&A. So my plan is from um, sort of this weekend, you'll find it on another feed. It was the, the old, like, it's a feed I've tried out a few different things on there. But yeah, we're going to be trying putting the live Q&A onto a podcast feed as well, since, well, I'm paying for the hosting, so we might as well use it. <laughs> So there we go. That's always a good side. Right. So let's jump into it. So today I'm here in the UK, also in pretty much um, Canada, Australia, across Europe, uh, Middle East, um, all over the place. We got a, a bit of a surprise release this week. We got some Spider-Man films. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, we got a ton of them. So we got like Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. We got Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming um, out in um, Australia. And a load of countries also got Venom and Into the Spider-Verse. Um, there's a few, every country's got a little, some countries have got a few things missing. Like in New Zealand, they've only got like the free original movie, uh, free original Tobey Maguire ones. So a lot of it is down to licensing, like with Netflix and so on. No word yet on what's going on with the US, which is very strange considering they announced they had a Sony deal a year ago. And we found out here, here about the international one on Monday, and we've got it within five days. So I don't know quite what's going on. I mean, it's lovely to have them on there. Um, yeah, they're all in like 4K. They are in good format. Of a little, um, but yeah, so this was a really surprise. Um, and there's also going to be more Sony TV and movies coming on to Disney Plus internationally as well. Um, this is a big deal. Um, we're going to be seeing a lot more Sony stuff. Um, yeah, so Disney Plus just grew uh, um, a whole new studio, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, it's really good news for international audiences. Hopefully it'll be good news for... Uh, American audiences in the near future, though we don't have any news on that. But yeah, getting the Spider-Man films on there, even if it's kind of pick and choose yeah. at the moment, uh, is good news. And it's a, a good indicator of Sony and Marvel moving forward with more deals. It, I would love to see some of the, the backroom politics that were going on here, like how they were able to arrange this. Because as far as I know, none of the Netflix deals were officially done at yeah. this point for where it applied. Some of the countries it didn't yeah. apply. But yeah, there's this interesting stuff moving around. Back mm, there. But also as well, I mean, I think like from Sony's point of view, they're very much now, they're in an arms race um, to give, they, you know, they're selling weapons to streaming services. They're no longer wanting, they don't want their own streaming service. They're going to sell to everybody else. Now these, these movies are probably non-exclusive. That's probably one key thing. They're going to sell them to different platforms. But it's great that Disney and Marvel are working together on this stuff. It just boosts up more content for Disney+. Plus. I suspect at some point in the future in the US, we will see what's going on with that deal because they signed a multi-year deal. So all the new movies like Uncharted and stuff will go to Hulu or Disney+. Plus. I'm in their second window. So there is already a deal in place. It's just it's a couple of years away. And they did say there was going to be legacy content, but we've really not seen that so far. But I suspect things are going to change. It, it definitely feels like the US is in like um, a holding pattern and cruise control until this um, ad tier drops in and the general entertainment kicks in and whatever they're doing with Hulu and ESPN. Because, well, I mean, the amount of ESPN content that dropped onto Disney Plus um, around the world today, I'm not just in the US, they got a few, but I think like Australia got like 20 documentaries. We got a load as well. You know, they're really ramping up this ESPN content as well. Yeah, and it's good, solid content for the most part. Uh, you don't even have to necessarily be interested in the sport that they're talking about because they they typically do good documentaries. Now, yeah. obviously, if you if it is a sport you already care about, then it's going to be even better because you'll recognize the names, you'll recognize the terms, and and so on. But uh, almost any of these are are worth watching on their own merits. 
yeah, loads of them been added and just keep adding them. I mean, I've got this, this. I think there was one. I still haven't got around to watching the Nature Boy one, and there's one on the XFL that I want to watch. But at, um, but other than that, I'm not really a sports person. But yeah. there's going to be um another sports documentary, Thirty Seven Words, that's going to be dropping next week and the week after in the US. Um, literally the day after they air on ESPN. So you know there's going to be some news and there's some more. To me, this very much feels like they are warming up for. Um, sport ESPN coming in um, to Disney Plus globally. That's how it, all this content being dropped in there. They're not doing it on for for you know. There's got to be a reason for it. Yeah, and we know that even though they haven't done live streaming sports directly uh, through the app yet, we've got other programs that are doing live streaming at, set up for Disney Plus. The idea that they would move it into Disney Plus either as an add-on package or as some part of it kind of makes sense and yeah. honestly it, it would be one less app to worry about even though we don't actually use the espn app but plenty no. of people do i uh, think eventually you, i think we're going to see it all and all, i mean like this past week you know they've just done that thing with um apple's just done a big deal with soccer um though that's not like a paid add-on it's not going to part of the main um apple tv um plus package but they've got um basketball every i mean there's even i think um like even netflix is maybe trying to get out of some like formula they're all trying to add a little bit of sport so i wouldn't be at all surprised i'm um, speaking of sport disney did lose um the rights the streaming rights to the indian uh premier league of cricket um they five years ago 20th century fox got um a deal for like i think it was like 2.5 billion where they had five years of tv and streaming the cricket board have decided to cut it up into little chunks. Um, Disney did get the TV rights for about three billion. So, like on your traditional linear TV on spot on um, Star Sports in India, they're going to have all these rights, and they're still going to be making money with advertising and you know generating revenue through there. So they they haven't. It's not like it, it was a complete loss. It was being sold a little bit like they'd. Lo the reason is is because a consortium paid over like two point six billion, including and it was including Paramount. To combine, you're looking at like five, six billion for all this soccer, uh, for this football, cricket rights. Way too much that Disney didn't want to spend, um, considering how much money they make from Hotstar in India. But yeah, I mean, if they could buy Marvel for that, that's they only paid four billion for Marvel, so five billion for cricket rights for five years. You know, that's it's it, you kind of look at it and go, that, that's, that's quite a bit of a difference. Well, yeah, but they also bought the Marvel rights before Marvel was the huge property yeah. that it is now it if they sold marvel right now it, they oh, would yeah. be getting significantly more than than four billion i'd have to assume yeah so um, the, yeah i was going to say with the cricket rights i don't know now that they have lost the rights this might speed up the closure of hotstar in like the uk and canada I and mean, if they sort out this thing with the sports um that might speed things up in terms of the merger that we haven't that they did in the u.s but yeah, it's all. It's that was a big news, and yeah, it's just been another another big week for the stock market it, and everything because of it. Yeah, I was kind of curious about the the cricket thing because I know cricket is huge in India. It's yeah. like the primary sport there, and uh, I mean, obviously Disney said no, two point six billion or whatever the the end up total end up being was. They've crunched the numbers and said no, that that's that's too much for it. But even so, you know, it's hard hard to picture that losing cricket uh to this consortium for the streaming rights anyway wasn't a pretty big blow to them uh in regards to yeah their their efforts to expand in india but it's important that they haven't lost full cricket rights they've still got um other cricket rights i think to some world cups i've heard quite a few people tell me that they've not lost all the cricket so there's still right. going to be some on there but the thing is with hotstar is generally they only make like 70 cents um us 70 cents about a month for a Hotstar subscription, compared to about six and a half dollars um, in the US and in Europe and stuff, so there are est some estimates are that they might lose about twenty million subscribers in in India. So this is going to have a big impact on the overall Disney Plus numbers. They're going to come down um, because of this. Um, the only thing I could say is twenty million Indian subscribers works out around about two million US in terms of um, 
actual money in terms of the the, the profit loss. So it's, it's you've got to look at it that way. Yeah, twenty million sounds a lot more, but it's not twenty million US, you know, the equivalent and stuff. Um, I mean, so two, the, two million yeah. sounds sounds pretty big to me. Yeah. But. but the thing is, as well, is Disney has launched in over forty odd countries in the last couple of weeks. This week we saw it launch across Europe and in um, Israel. Last week was in uh, the Middle East and North Africa. So those are all, you know, there's, and they've still got more countries to launch in. There's not that many left, but there's still someone's, you know, like the Philippines, Vietnam, there's a, a few in the middle of Africa, and sort of a few more, um, like um, Pakistan, etc. So still lots more countries to grow into, but that was a big launch over the last few weeks, which will really, I don't know if that might help offset the, um, the loss, but also Disney were in a situation where they can kind of go, yeah, we lost, we lost 10 million subscribers, but that was because of the cricket. And I think Wall Street will understand what's happened there a little bit more, a little bit. I, I think the big drop because that we saw with Netflix has already happened to all this, um, the media stock anyway. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this works out, but there, there will be an impact on those overall numbers for Disney Plus internationally. I, I think you, you're a lot more generous with Wall Street and their willingness to tolerate loss than than I am. <laughs> I don't think, to be honest, the, the farther we get into it, I don't think w Wall Street actually cares what your justification is. At no. the end of the day, they want to see the numbers go up. And if they see the numbers go down, they will drive the numbers down even farther. Yes. Not, not even counting for like how weird the stock market was this past week, just in general wall street yeah. does not have sympathy for numbers going and through. i think this is where disney has got their their secret weapon ready to roll for when they needed this one which was hotstar comes down general entertainment hulu comes up bang balance out the numbers a bit and like like if they're going to do if that's going to be the day to do it that will be <laughs> like the numbers that come down you know and i think you know we've got um an event coming up in in august so with the the European and the Middle East launch, I yeah, it's all it's all lining up for this. Yeah, so there's that's the that side of things. Um, also this coming Tuesday in the US and Canada, it's going to be a live stream of the Harmonious Live, which is coming from Epcot in Walt Disney World, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to have Adele Mazel, who you might know as Elsa, is going to be presenting it. And yeah, basically this is going to be a live stream from Epcot. Um. It's shame it's not everywhere. I'll be honest, it would be nice. But then I, it's like the time wise, it'd be like the middle of the morning UK time. But it would have been nice to have at least ha us have it. It is going to be available afterwards on Disney Plus in the US and Canada to watch afterwards. Hopefully, they put it on for everybody else. Um, but yeah, so I mean, as as fans of Walt Disney World, especially of the World Showcase, it's like I I would love watch this, especially because I'm not planning on going to Disney World for a while. Yeah. It this is what I was talking about, though, with kind of live stream content. I know this is not live streaming on Disney Plus directly, um, but it is. Yeah, it, it is, is actually. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was stuck in the UK mentality there for a yeah. second. Um, no, it. This is what I was talking about with the sports. They're they're starting to get these live streams going. This one by itself, maybe not huge, but like you said, people do enjoy the parks, myself included, and I. It's nice to be able to get a taste of the parks without having to spend the money to go and be at the parks themselves. Well, also, I mean, there's multiple good things for this. First off, if you can't go to the park and you're away from the parks. Also, it's great cross-synergy, you know, promoting the, the parks as well. Um, it's essentially free entertainment that they're putting on anyway. So, you know, they, the cost, you know, are much less. I think we'll see more of this coming from the parks with special presentations, the Halloween shows, the parades. You know, they can do more of this. I also think this is a test for um, stars in their eyes coming later. Um, what's, what's, what do you guys call Dancing that, with the Stars? Dancing with the Stars. Stars in their eyes is an entirely different series. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, I think this is again just more tests um, and just kind of seeing how all this works. Because um, it won't, I can't imagine there's going to be a huge influx of numbers so they can kind of monitor it and see how it works and stuff. But just great news. Just again, just more, more decent stuff to come in um but yeah just uh, just a nice amount of new content for us all to enjoy um speaking of new content that we are going to enjoy shark fest mm -hmm. um they've announced that this year it's going to be um coming um from the 10th of july um very much kind of a disney plus nat geo promotion it's on i think there's going to be something like nearly 30 new documentaries 
all of which they've said will be available on Disney Plus after they premiere. It's at the day after, on the Wednesday. I don't know quite how that's all going to work and stuff. Um, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see how all this comes together. They're also going to be showing some of these documentaries on ABC, ESPN, Disney uh, XD, National Geographic, um, ABC. You know, they're, they're spreading this content out a little bit. They're not put, keeping it all on that geo. But it was not, it's, but the front center for the trailers and everything is National Geographic and Disney Plus kind of um, combined. And we're really seeing them ramp up. So there's going to be a lot of documentaries dropping onto Disney Plus over the next month. Um, hopefully we get full confirmation soon. But I'm just waiting. I didn't want to put it onto the calendar until I knew the dates because it's like, is it the day after, the day of it? Is it, it's all, it's, it's a little bit vague, in but they are all going to be coming shortly after they've premiered. Yeah, and it's Shark Fest, which is always kind of fun. It, I do feel like both Shark Fest and Shark Week, which is the Discovery version, uh, have gotten very clickbaity with their yeah. uh, with their programming in the last. Shark eats dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Shark v Dino. <laughs> I would watch that. I mean, I know they've done Megalodon shows, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sharks. It, it draws attention. People love learning about sharks in general, and if it does get on disney plus well when it gets on disney plus and uh hopefully it'll be up in you know the the what's new tab yeah. or, or um banner maybe people will realize that national geographics is actually on disney plus and there's a lot of stuff worth watching on yeah there. also some of this stuff is going to be going to hulu there's gonna be a lot of this stuff will be going on to hulu as well and that kind of continues on this other trend they also announced this week that we feed people is going to be airing on national geographic and on to hulu and I can't help but feel like right now, especially in the United States, that we are in this zone of cross-contamination, cross-promotion. They are really kind of starting now looking at this as going, we want every, you know, you know, we saw it with Love Victor this week. That's being shared. Um, we saw it with Olivia. They are looking now. I think they're just trying to blend these two together, make them so you as a consumer are starting to, like you can't see where the where they cross. So when they do eventually merge, you're going to be ready for it because you'll have already kind of got used to it. Right. And again, I'll I'll go back to this old nugget where you know we are in touch with what is going on. People who are listening to this are in touch with what is going on with Disney Plus. They know that um, in Europe and the UK, Disney Plus also means Hulu or uh, Star, it, you know, local branding. But I suspect there are many, many, many millions of Americans who have no idea that these things are even available on Disney Plus, and they have no idea that Hulu and Disney Plus are uh, major majority owned by Disney. I mean, obviously yeah. Disney Plus, but the Hulu part don't realize there's a 66% stake in that. Uh, and the, the merging, the eventual merging that we presume will happen will actually catch a lot of people by surprise, even though we're talking about it like every week. But yeah. Yeah, most people don't stay in touch with that, and that's fine. There's yeah, that's so fine. many bajillion things in this world. You don't want to follow everything. You pick and choose. Uh, it, but it does mean that you know it won't be a surprise to us. It will be a surprise to a lot of people. Well, I think the thing is, is the countdown has, has been ticking for years, but mm -hmm. the last, and it feels like, especially in these last six months of 2022, it's not a case of oh, well, they might do. It. It's like well, you can see the path literally being laid out in front of you of how they're doing it with the releasing content um like all this espn stuff on disney plus in the us adding in shows like the wonder years and Gronish, you know pushing in things with the parental controls daredevil you know love victor this week you know they are slowly pushing those boundaries and but they're doing it slowly they, and i think it's because they are going to do if they're when they are going to expand in the us with that ad tier they they need some heavy guns and the, this content is their way of getting the and in some ways confusing it confusing enough people with a it, it's easier to kind of go here's a price rise and how we are completely changing everything and you're just going to get a lot more content than just raising the price and especially now in, in a um, recession and all the rest of it they're going to have to be a little bit careful with their pricing but i feel like like they did with europe and the rest of the world we got an extra price rise when they brought Star in, and the, it was like, well, you're getting a double the size date. This is what they're going to do in the US. I think it will be like, that's why it, the general entertainment has been so slow in the US, because they are waiting for that ad tier to make it to have that big 
Uh, you can just you can it's you're just putting two and two together at this point, and it's like you can see where this all going, you know. You and you can just tell that they're getting ready to have one one super platform. Yeah, they've been making individual moves over the past several months, all which lead up to this eventual merging. I mean, the biggest one was getting the Marvel Netflix shows and adding yeah. in uh, you know, the, the PG 13 R rated filter and getting people used to the idea, oh yeah. The, the super violent Punisher show, the super violent Daredevil show, they're over here now. The, this is not what yeah. you normally think of. And, and they kind of dropped it and just like walked away from it and gone, we're not making a big deal. We're not being pushing stuff on you on there all the time. You know, I think this week it was a big series with Love Victor. I still think that was a, an important series to just push that a little bit more. You know, we saw it with Glee as well. Um, I think the ESPN stuff can kind of slide under the grid because no one's quite see them in the same way. But um, it was like last, the other week when they suddenly just dropped like a couple of rand alias was dropped on there long, you know, just little nuggets just here and there just to kind of um, get people prepared. Um, Cause they're just, they're treating the U S very differently to how they treated the international launch of star because they didn't know at the time how it was going to work. Even the advertising campaign of like, um, surprise, it's on here. It's like, yeah, that's very close to like how our international advert was. It's just like, and then they can keep adding to that and keep just throwing in random things. And the the main difference being, though, of course, everything got added all at once yeah. uh, in the UK, and they're drip feeding it here. But of course, we still have to remind that they don't own Hulu one hundred percent. They still have to answer to other people mm-hmm. on that, and. Until they own the entirety of Hulu, it cannot go away no. completely, which means that the the shows on it cannot just be moved no. over to Disney+. Plus. Um, they can be copied, as we've seen, uh, under certain circumstances, you know, that you can have the dual launch on both sides. But I think, and I also think that's very much like the new stuff. It feels mm-hmm. very much like um, the things that aren't maybe like linked. I think while you might be thinking, we'll just take it from here to here, there's probably a contract in place with Hulu that's exclusive right. or something like that, and they can't do it. But yeah, I think we're going to see more stuff. I think it was also kind of interesting um, with Disney Plus launching in a few countries where they couldn't ha- add Star because there's already a Star channel there that they don't own. So they called it like just, it's just like entertainment. They've just like got a random. And it's like that's not very long. That doesn't feel very long term. Yeah, you know, I think eventually we're going to see those expand out past. And Star will still be there. I think Star's going to become like the international brand and the shove everything in that it doesn't fit brand. But I think we're still going to end up seeing like FX and um, other things coming in pretty soon. So before we jump into any of the reviews, let's do a quick bit of housekeeping. So first, I want to just thank all of our supporters on YouTube channel memberships. And also on Patreon. So I'm going to give a big shout out to Raphael, Adam, Dana, Ricky, Dave, Muhammad. We've also got My Visa Still Works, Bina, Joshua, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. And then on the Patreons, big thank you to Paul, Daniel, Elliot, Aero, Caleb, Red Marsman. We've also got Cody, Chris, Jacob, Darren. We've also got Lauren, The Juice, Andrew, and also a huge thank you to Sarah for all of your support. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, your support really does mean a lot to us. It helps cover all the bills. And, you know, it's going to become even more important as we move forward over the next year, um, especially with all the, the issues going on right now. But So thank you for all of your support. Just a little dollar or two a month really makes a big difference. So let's jump into the reviews. Now, let's start off with... Um, let's start off with Obi-Wan Kenobi, because that one came out um, a couple of days ago as well. So what did you think of this fifth episode? It was solid overall. Uh, you know, good building to the climax episode or the penultimate episode. Uh, nothing too amazing in and of itself, though. And in fact, the ending, again, in the last week I complained about the special effects in the ending. I'm going to complain about them again this week. It's kind of like they, they weren't as bad as the, the snow speeders were last week. But, like, I don't know. I'm wondering where they put most of the special effects budget in this, to be honest. It's a really odd, it's a really odd series. This I'm I'm enjoying it, but it does feel a little bit like, hmm. You could have probably done a few either I've done a few less episodes and um like we didn't need the double rescue. That was the that was the main thing. And also, you know, it's that kind of thing, okay, we've got one episode left. 
So we're also going to see Raver and Obi Wan and, and and Vader maybe in a triple fight, triple threat fight. But on Tatooine, like, do we really like? I, I, it's, I, it's a little bit like we don't want him going anywhere near them. So obviously she's got. I don't know. It's a very strange one because we know by the end of the series where everyone's going to end up, and it is very tricky. This is the thing with prequels, isn't it? Where you know where they have to end. Now Raver. She's never been seen ever again. So, that, so we go. If they kill her off, it doesn't really make any difference. They might keep her for some other stuff. But you know, we know where Leia has to be. We know where Luke has to be. We know where Vader is, and we know where Kenobi is. So it kind of takes away a little bit of the the risk factor. You know, he's going to make it. You know, Leia's going to be all right. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. There's the risk is just not there the same, is it? It's not. But I I typically don't actually have that much of a problem with it in a prequel situation. It. It's not whether we know what's going to happen. It's whether the characters know what's going to happen. And uh, you can get a lot of drama out of building to that. Yes, we know Obi-Wan's going to be fine. He has to be fine because he'll be there for a new hope. We know Leia will be fine because she's there for a new hope, etc. Heck, she's there for Rebels, let alone a new hope. Uh, But if you can build the tension within the story itself and make it feel consequential, even though you know where it's going to end, then it does fine. We've seen this happen plenty of times all around. Heck, even just the Clone Wars show and Rebels by themselves, uh, you know, we know where they're going to end. You might not know where individual characters are going to end, but you know where the stories have to end to set up A New Hope. It's- this is where I'm really looking forward to where they can move away from this trilogy, move away from the period in between the movies and stuff, and just, like, get out on their own and have a bit of fresh air, a bit of space to start telling better st- I feel like the stories will be better when we don't know where they're going. You know, even with Mandalorian, we know where they have to be and where they can't. You know, they can maybe move around a little bit, but they're still stuck on that timeline of where they're going. Well, maybe now's the time, right, for them to start getting some shows set in the sequel era. I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, they're going to ditch the sequel era. They're going to um, pretend it never happened. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're they're letting it sit and cool down so people forget how much they didn't like the trilogy, but. They're not we all hated the we all hated the prequels for a decade, <laughs> we all, mm-hmm. and eventually we and now it's the beloved thing and everyone loves it. And it's like that, it's like you guys we hated this when it came out and for years afterwards it was banned. But we we are more tolerant of it now because of Clone Wars and yeah. Rebels and Bad Batch and and stuff that the additional media that has given context to it. Yeah. We don't have that in the sequel era yet, which is why I think getting some stuff into the lead up try to explain how the first order came to be i know we've got we have starter points and we have key events that have been mentioned but like the actual story of how the republic and the first order kind of came into this clash doesn't really exist in a satisfying way yet they there's a lot of potential to mine that there's a lot of potential to show why luke has turned into this completely unrecognizable character um at the start of last jedi and because that's one of the big things right luke is completely out of character in last jedi and and uh rise of skywalker and it's like how did we get to this point there's potential for these stories and i think we're we're getting to the point where the hatred has cooled off enough Mm -hmm. that they can start telling those stories and yeah it's great to be in the original era it's great to see those stories and i can tell why disney wants to continue telling stories in that era by the same token they need to start getting out into things well, where they can have consequence again. I mean, also like Andor, you know, when that coming up, you know, we got a first season of 12 episodes, we got another 12 episodes, so there's 24 hours of, of maybe of content between like basically between Revenge of the Sith and uh, Rogue One. And you're getting to that point of going like, guys, just you are going to have to move on. It's just, you know, there's only so much that you can tell us what happened in that era. We, we kind of know a lot now. So I don't know. I think I think Kenobi. I, I'm kind of. I wouldn't say I'm. I'm. It's it. I'm enjoying it, but it's not like. Oh, this is the best series of all time. It's it's kind of okay. It's. it's I would probably say four out of five so far. It's it. It could have done better. The weaknesses in it are becoming a bit more apparent the closer to the end we get. Now next week is the finale. We'll see how everything wraps up and um, if they're able to to make it a satisfying ending. But yeah, it for me, it's mostly the special effects that are holding it back. Um, 
there's there are scenes where I just get completely pulled out of it, and like, uh, and it's the speed, speeder scene from last, the Vader catching a, a starship out of the sky in this one. I actually don't have any problem with him actually catching the the ship. It's just the special effects in it look awful. It looks like, honestly, it looks like you're on a Disneyland ride in that scene, which is perfectly fine when you're in Disneyland and you're on Rise of the Resistance and yeah. and, it, and the emotion is more important than the special effect, the feeling and that you're, and, and you're is, shaking around. Yeah, you're shaking around. <laughs> and, and there's people in costume going around in, in like the first, first order garb and whatnot. It, it feels much more immersive. But when you're using the same special effects in uh, in an actual top tier budget show, it's going to uh, maybe splurge a little bit more on this. Because that, that was what was in my mind the entire time was like this this is a Disneyland ride mm. at this point, and that's not a compliment to it. Uh, sometimes it is. In this case, yeah. it is not. But no, it's, it's going to be interesting where it all goes in. I mean, we, ultimately, we know they've got to deliver Leia, and there's going to be some confrontation on Tatooine. That's pretty much um, at that. That's going to be the way of how that one goes. So that was Kenobi. Then we had the second episode of Miss Marvel. Um, what did you think of that one? It's a good episode. Um it, it's a, again, it's a setting the pieces episode, which is interesting because it's only the second one, but it, it's the training episode. It's the, um, her coming out as a hero properly, sort of at the end of the episode and giving us just some hints about where her powers are coming from. Mm. Because this is, I mean, it's definitely like the training episode. It's the montage of her practicing her skills, getting used to it. But also the concept of damage control, you know, like, because you kind of feel like that kind of thing, isn't it? Of like, you know, if there was a load of superhumans, you know, the government and something like that would be like, yeah, we do need to, you know, that whole X Men thing of like wanting them to be registered and all the rest of it. And I quite like, you know, them, them just trying to track down this kid that's got these superpowers because they don't know at the moment, you know, at that point they could, you know they could do a lot of damage so it makes sense you know that they're they're essentially a, a weapon at that point so i quite like the idea but then you would kind of be a little bit on the lines of maybe going in with a full squat team is not the first way of making a good impression um you know it's that kind of thing of maybe just send a cop in and, and knock on the door kind of thing <laughs> but well yeah uh, that's not the way that's not the way it works <laughs> Well, given given their interrogation methods with the one girl and you know the way they're handling this, you get the impression that they are not a uh, soft touch group, and a, a, they're very much antagonists in this series. And yeah, and it's kind of weird because like if you're going up against superheroes or supervillains at this point, they're going to squash you like a bug because you're just like you. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they like, they got smacked around by Kamala, who has absolutely no combat experience at all at this yeah. point and, and she's just running away you know she's not yeah, even... she's literally just running away she's not in a confrontation with him it, it definitely felt like on the one level you guys really you're actually pretty decent at your job mm. but you're also not because like the interrogation scene was actually really really well done especially in in the beginning when he mm. comes in and he just completely disarms her with like oh i follow you on the TikTok or whatever and yeah and, he, and he's showing references that he is an actual quote-unquote follower of her yeah and, you know, a big fan, and then they transition into the, yeah, so who was that girl? Yes. You know, and they actually do that really, really well. And it, while also feeling really slimy about it, yeah, it, and really set the feeling of who these characters are. But then they get into the field and they get just absolutely manhandled by Miss Marvel, who has, again, no combat training at all. Yeah. And she just wrecks the floor with them. Is, and of course, then we end up with that big kind of like cliffhanger of then the fact that she meets her, her like great grandmother in the car. I I wasn't sure if that was her great grandmother or maybe like well, it's the one, it's her, the one that, or something or. Well, I think it was the great mother because it's the same woman that was um, reaching yeah, out to her. Um, because because uh, I saw it the second time, so this is the thing is I was waiting. I watched it again um, on Wednesday to kind of like, and I, I was paying a little bit more attention to it because I've already seen it, and it was that kind of thing of like. Ah, yeah, no, that well, I could because the first time I missed that, it was the second time I watched it. I was on a and it turned obviously the um, the boyfriend is probably like her uncle or something. <laughs> um, yeah. but I, again, I'm really enjoying this. I like the, the, the humor in it, but there's also like a level of 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 normalism. There's just that feeling of it feeling like you know, how you know, you were all 
Marvel for superhero fans and what would it be like and you know the training and yeah I I, I going into the going into now into the sort of the midway point like we don't really have a villain there's no kind of evil plot or anything like that we're nowhere near at that point but this feels definitely much just like the origin to get ready for the, the Marvel's movie you know where she and maybe in some way she doesn't need a big did it it's a it might be a thing, but not every Marvel villain needs to be able to take over the world. Sometimes they just need to be just bad enough that it's just a little fight. You know, we we saw that a little bit, I think, with like the Hawkeye series, where it was a little bit more low key than constantly the the whole world in danger. In in fact, I kind of prefer those stories at the moment. Um, like I actually enjoyed Hawkeye more than say Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and and things like that because I am kind of at the uh, can can we do something a little well low key like you said with where the stakes are queens will get taken over by the kingpin rather than the earth is going to get eaten by a celestial and like the eternals yeah. you know it, not to say that that those are bad stories or or that they shouldn't have cosmic level threats that are being dealt with it just kind of especially after thanos I'm like yeah, maybe Maybe you get a little bit numb. To, you get a little bit numb to it, isn't it? You mm -hmm. get a little bit, and also that thing of like, yeah, you're not. It's not going to actually do it, so we don't need to worry about it. Whereas, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to this one. It's, it's, it's gonna, I would definitely say I'm. I, it's, it's just a shame to me that like Kenobi has just completely overshadowed this. I know there's like something like, oh, they're different audiences. Like, there's a, there's a lot of a crossover, social media, and all the rest of it. I really feel like. Um, it would have been better had they been put out on different days. I hope they're going to look at the data. It wouldn't surprise me if She-Hulk or Andor shifts if when they start looking, and they'll be looking at maybe what happens when Kenobi finishes next week, because next week they're going to share again, but then the week after, it's all Miss Marvel for like the last two weeks. You know, will the numbers go up to the point where they're going, oh yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm hoping because I'm just worried about She-Hulk being completely overshadowed for um, like nearly most of its run. By Andor. Yeah, and I would say for Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan, it probably wasn't intentional. There's a lot of indications that Obi-Wan was supposed to launch earlier and then got slightly delayed for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. uh, they needed to work on special effects or they needed to do reintegrate some some reshoots, something like that. But it, it does seem like Obi-Wan was supposed to finish and then Miss Marvel was supposed to start, maybe even in the same week, but not with this like three weeks overlap. Yeah. Um, it just feels like the Miss Marvel conversation has been a little bit like muted, a little bit more, especially on so online. You know, it's almost that thing of like everyone's like, oh, uh, well, what do I talk about? I can't talk about spoilers, but then I can talk. And, and it, and then, and to be honest, there's so many shows coming out. Like we know we've had like the boys, we've had or so much other stuff coming out. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very packed summer, which is not, we normally don't get a very amount of good stuff in the summer, but we, we've got plenty at the minute. We do. And um, I think the old man uh, is, uh, is starting up, and I'm I'm very excited for that one. Obviously, we're not doing a review because we haven't seen that one yet. But no, like, well, I think that... the first episodes dropped last night onto Hulu. Um, we haven't yet got a date on the Disney Plus release. Mm -hmm. It's coming. It's been confirmed to be coming. So I mean, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one as well. It was a bit like, why why are they doing these? You're what worldwide releases for these kind of shows? It would be great if they could. Work. There's something going on weird with FX. It's, I don't know if it's like. It, the, the release dates on other than like pistol most of the stuff seems to be all over the place but then on the other hand you've got things like um uh only murders in the building season two coming out which again very excited for that and next week yeah oh, no, yeah. week after week after the 28th week after. Yeah. um and then as you said others other um streaming platforms have their big things stranger things came out not that long ago uh, there's a very interesting looking series. I think it's on AMC called Dark Winds, which looks like it's a kind of a reservation dogs, but taken seriously show. And it, it's getting very good reviews. And just everybody's bringing out the big guns for the summer, which mm. on the one hand, like, yes, fantastic. There's so much to watch. And on the other hand, it's like, uh, how do I have time to watch all this? Mm. I mean, like here in the UK, like Paramount Plus launches um, in a week next week. Um, so we're getting things like um, there's a whole, whole like Yellowstone as a show. I want to watch Halo. There's quite a few different things on there. So again, just so much stuff. So they're all the streaming services are all throwing um, their weight at as much. As, and I think this is going to be the big difference of when Disney finally get that unified streaming service. 
I wouldn't be at all surprised if they ease the brakes down a little bit on some of these shows because they realize how much they've got. Because I think at the minute it's like, well, oh, that's an FX show, so that's over there. And we've got an ABC show, we're going to put it over there. And we've got Hulu over here. We've got a Star one, we've got a Disney one, then we've got a movie coming out. And it's like, yeah, we've got loads out, but there's no one looking at over oh, there. But when they actually squashed them all down and go, wow, we've put now a lot. <laughs> it's just like, um, I think things might slow down a little bit on the Disney side when they go, do we need four or five series coming out a week? We probably can, you know, spread them out a little bit more, um, especially with the movies and stuff. But nevertheless. They've, they've got the momentum now, which means they don't need as much to have the thing on the horizon. They still need it, obviously. As a subscriber, you need to always know that there is something coming in the near future that you are interested in. But yeah, they no longer it's no longer the super important thing of no no, hold on to your subscription. We know it's kind of a little dead right now, but Mando season two is coming. Just just hold on. They don't have yeah. to do that anymore. I think definitely still in the US, but still in that zone of the the weekly releases are still pretty like light. I think it's just obviously now with Star, we're just getting so much stuff being thrown weekly, including the Orville. So we've got a new episode of that this week. I literally just watched it this morning. Um, I, I, very... have not, I, have, I have not yet uh, seen it. I, I had to choose between Lightyear and Orville for this week uh, since we're recording a little bit earlier yeah. than we normally do. So I've not seen Orville season three, episode three yet. Yes, no. Um, although the, today was um, a, a bit a bit different, it was. I wouldn't say it was. It's not been my favorite episode of them all. Um, they kind of on a planet and they're kind of racing around, trying to um, kind of almost trapped in nightmares and stuff. Um, it, it's not quite so spacey, but it's it's typical. It's again, it's very much that kind of Star Trek kind of zone. Um, again, good good episode. Just probably the weakest of the three we've seen so far from. Um, season three so but again just a really good show it's really interesting that they would go with a horror another horror-ish episode yeah uh immediately after the alien episode yeah. from last week I, yeah i think I, yeah i, I think they're just very much grown up they're very much like that doing stuff a little bit more um again jokes you'd be lucky if you got like two um this is uh, it's just it's just not in comedy mode right now yeah, no, even in the first two episodes, you can tell that it's more along the lines of them having um, more natural reactions to what's around them rather than, you know, Picard or Kirk's always stoic. Oh, yes, this is habitable planet number 325 that we've seen in the last three weeks. Tell me, why do I care about this planet and then forget about it next week? Whereas more like, uh, you know, Mercer is having that. Oh, that's kind of cool. And I enjoy, I really enjoy my job. He he emotes more yeah. than than most of the Star Trek. All, I think that's the thing. Actually, one of the things I like about the Orville is all mm. the characters have got a little bit more realism. They've they've mm. got a little bit of humor. There's a little bit because you used to see that in, in Next Generation a lot more. You used to see that like you know they used to have a little bit of like downtime and relaxing, and that kind of went away in the later seasons because obviously. It, the newer ones, which I'm looking forward to watching the new series that's dropping. That'll be on Paramount Plus. Um, the uh, it, Strange New Worlds with Captain Yeah, Strange I haven't Trump. seen anything about that one. I've not watched any trailers, so I'm, I'm looking forward I, to kind of jumping in and seeing. In some ways, I'll be like, it'll be like, mm, is it like the Orville? Is it going to? I don't know. It's kind of interesting it, to see how this all works. But no spoilers. But it's not. It's not like the Orville in that you know it, it's um, yeah it, it's this humorous take on it. It but it feels so much more like the original series or yeah. uh, next generation, particularly the earlier seasons where there is still this sense of them constantly discovering things, you know, what discovery yeah. should have been in the first place. And honestly, it's the best star Trek show since Voyager or DS nine, depending on, you know, what you consider like the, I was, the, high I, of the series. I always found the, the uh, Voyager was a little bit, I, it, I didn't quite enjoy that one as much as Deep Space Nine, but I, nevertheless, let's let's jump into some other space news. Let's jump into that one. And there was a big movie released today in cinemas, um, Lightyear, the the Toy Story movie, which some people still can't quite get their head around what this movie is because it's like not what they're expecting. But what did you think of Lightyear? I'm not sure what they were expecting because it's very. I think they, they were expecting. Fun. I think they were expecting Toy Story. I think they were just expecting Buzz running around in space and it was like a I, 
Yeah. So I'm actually I'm actually picturing like them thinking that Andy is going to be there with like a spaceship running around and narrating it like he did at the beginning of Toy Story. I think I, I don't know what it is. I know there's been a lot of discussion about the fact of Tim Allen not doing it and no one, and everyone trying to blame Disney's like he is doing a show for them right now called the Santa Claus. So there's no this 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 was always designed to be a new generation of of it's got nothing to yes. do with. And I keep I've been saying this to so many people like it's not a Toy Story movie. It's not a Toy Story. Forget Toy Story. There's a few little Easter eggs, but there's nothing to do with it. Because um, I saw it last week at a, um, a special screening in London. So I traveled. That's why we recorded a little bit earlier last week. Because um, went up to London, watched it. Um, there was like some celebrities there. I will be honest. It was probably the noisiest screening I've ever, a noisiest time in a cinema I've ever been to. Um, there, was, there was a lot of families and kids there, and I'm not used to. <laughs> I think I got so used to going at like 10 o'clock in the morning at, during school time. I was like, there's a lot of noise here. Uh, I, See, it was great. This is what I've been routinely complaining about the few times <laughs> I've been to theaters. Like, not, not even just kids, just people, people. who have forgotten theater etiquette and just making tons of noise. Sorry, that is not specific to Lightyear. I just, I, I'm glad that you, I'm not glad. I'm happy that you can finally. Um, commiserate with me on that <laughs> i think it's because it's like i mean i've like, like i brought my four um love and thunder ticket well it's like nine, 10 o'clock on a weekday it's, it'll be it'll be busy because it's the first showing but there won't be any kids so it'll be but I, it was just like one of those things of just like i remember like half of the movie going, oh my god it's like but everyone just please be quiet <laughs> like of like i'm so kind of out of use of of hearing now about i mean in one hand it's like you're at a kid's movie you'd expect it but I think again, if like, yeah, kind of, it was very much noticeable of like, wow. And it also it was a massive 700, 800 seat arena. Um, and the host got us all to play a game where we all had to put our arms up in the air and we were like playing with Buzz on the screen and we were having to do exercises and um, like going left and right. I mean, it was quite an experience. And we were, you know, we, we, we were able to beat um, the rest of the world, because they've done it in France at the premiere, they've done it in London, um, they've done it in New York, but we got we got the best score, so we beat everybody. But it, I mean, I didn't quite expect to have a PE lesson before I watched watched it, because it was like an online game with like Buzz jumping around shooting things. So we had a little bit of an experience with it all. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun, it very much felt like a movie, maybe because it's set, like it's a, a movie that would have come out in the 90s, I feel like this is like what I, it felt like a bit like a, a Planet of the Apes, um, Star Trek kind of, um, it kind of had all those vibes of everything I grew up with. And I really, I just really enjoyed this movie. It was, it was a very interesting, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'd have to say the same. It's, it's a solid sci-fi action blockbuster. Uh, it, with the, with Pixar's attention to detail and their uh, phenomenal, computer skills as well yeah that said you know it is lacking maybe that emotional punch that you expect from pixar movies there is a scene very early on very reminiscent of up um and it, it, hit, <laughs> it, it, it hits but then they they undercut it almost immediately actually where um the this very emotional scene and then they immediately go into well that, that is done here's the new guy and he hates buzz and yeah like you could have given us a second to, to yeah there's not there's that. not that there's not that same feel uh, you know they're not pulling on your feelings the same it's and i think that was the thing is a lot of people like looking for pixar like that's what they associate with pixar and this kind of feels a little bit more like like that the wally um kind of thing where you know there's a little bits of uh, things but it's more about telling a story i mean it, some of the effects it just looks um looks amazing um, Buzz isn't really a likable character for most of the film. Um, you know, I didn't really like him for a lot of it. He kind of come a bit across. Um, the all the other characters were a little bit of fun. I feel I feel like like Taika Waititi's character and the um, the thief woman were. Uh, did we did we need them? I don't think we, they were a little bit of comedy humor. But you could I that they were the only characters I could like. Well, did we need them? I uh, probably not. No, I I get why they're there again they're they're comedy humor and of course buzz is a very serious character they, they are sticking with tim allen's portrayal of him when he first shows up in toy story one of you know just all work focus on the job get the mission done um and you do need a comedy element otherwise it becomes oppressively serious uh, did it need to be these two i they don't 
have the same charisma as some of the other uh, Pixar or Disney sidekick characters. That said, ne neither of them particularly bothered me that much. Yeah. Though I, I did kind of like, yeah, the old lady. It's fun to see her playing with explosives, but she just looked I too would... much like she just looked too much like the witch at a Brave, didn't she? Oh, that's where I saw her from. I should, I knew she looked. <laughs> that's, that's what I just kept thinking. Like she just looks like the witch at a Brave. Yeah, no. Now you say that, I see that. I she she had a familiar vibe to her, and it wasn't yeah. just that the voice actress was familiar. There, there was a design similarity to it. Having said all that, you know, there aren't any truly big negatives to the movie. Um, I think it it probably could have stuck with some emotional bits a bit longer. Uh, the humor wasn't quite up to par with a Pixar film, but it's also not trying to be. This is. This is not this is kind of off the cuff humor that you get from something like uh turning red or or whatever. Yeah, see for me also there's it was just that like much more mainstream. It was mm -hmm. such a much more mainstream mass appeal movie that turning red and soul didn't really have the same uh, Luca might have done. I think had Luca had that like chance to shine in this, it might have done. But it kind of you know kind of goes back quite a little bit to like you know like Wally, Coco, those kind of storylines was I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I I mean I've seen some really I mean I think I gave it like a four out of five. What would you give it? Yeah four out of five sounds about right. It, it it's kind of between Incredibles and Incredibles 2 in terms of like yeah. the fun. It doesn't have quite the charisma that the Incredibles characters have, but the action is just top tier in yeah. that regard. I mean, there's been some really bad reviews of just like people really not liking it, and they're like, it's not that, um, it's not like that bad. And also, unfortunately, the film has been um, review bombed because there's um, a lesbian couple in in the movie, which I thought they handled really well. Um, I mean, in all honesty, this was like kind of thing of like you, if they then this is what I liked about this whole thing was that it was kept very. It was a major part of the storyline. But also at the same time, it could have been they could have switched to Rose, to just a normal couple, and it would have had the same impact. And it just felt it felt organic. It just felt just totally normal in the fact of it and all the hype and stuff over it. I'm really going to be interested to see what happens over the, the next week of with people seeing it, of kind of, you know, because I mean the way it's been portrayed in the media, it's like, you know, these these two couples are having a full-on sometimes. They literally meet each other when they open the door. And it's like I thought it was so tastefully done, and progressive in the idea that it's treating it as normal. And I thought, I thought it was like I think that was been the other thing I've had this week of having already seen it like a week ago, and all this hype and stuff. And I'm really, it's like totally like you're. It's not like what you're portraying, it. and it's it's a bit of a shame just to see this whole negative spin over such a small, small part of the film. It's um, yeah. It's honestly a completely inconsequential part of the film. It, it's just showing who this one character's significant other is. It, that's literally and the it. Yeah, and the impact it has on like her, um, you know, and also in some ways as well, like of how Buzz looks at you know, like his you know his best friend and the grand and his you know the granddaughter and all the rest of it. And yeah, I I, I thought it all worked really well, and it it just it just feels so like the whole point of it is that it's there. To be normalized, and that's because it, it could, and I think that's the, the important thing. Um, and it is a very, it's a big moment, I think, for this this sort of in general, just for like the Disney and stuff. So I'm really glad that they did put it back in because at one point, the, like the kiss, I think the relationship was still going to be there. I think it was just that kiss scene they were they were going to pull it, but they ended up putting it back in. And I think it's a better film. I think that makes a more stronger point with it in than without it. Yeah, no, it, it's. Like you said, it's normalizing it. Nobody comments on it when, you know, when Buzz is talking about it with her. It's not a oh my god, you're you're dating a girl. You no, know, it's just like oh, well, tell me about yeah. her. It, you know, it's well, you'd hope like any you know, conversation you you'd have. hope a thousands, uh, you know, hundreds of years in the future that would be, you know, that I would be hope, it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it's just it's it feels such a shame that that this is kind of put a big shadow over this film because, in all honesty, it, it, it's a lovely film. Um, and I think it's a really important moment of just normalizing it. And that's the most important thing of no different than if you're walking into a supermarket and there was a couple there um, 
grocery shopping or if you were and that's that or walking on the seafront and they're holding hands you know that's to me that's all this is that is that is all that it comes into it's nothing sexual or anything like that it's just literally just seeing a couple doing normal things like out and that's what we need we need more of yeah no, i agree we talked about it actually last week or the week before mm. with like fire uh what's the name of that movie? fire island fire island thank you where they've moved past the point where the point of the story is that they're they're gay or lesbian and actually just that it's now a plot point that sets up the future part of the story which is progress which is progress and yeah keep building on it normalize it and all these people who just can't get their head around that guys can love guys and women can love women just need to grow up it's like the blair song always was you know like <laughs> yeah but no it's it's just i feel like that's to me that that is to me it's no different than if you were walking along the seafront walking with dogs and a, a couple walk by holding hands that's literally all it is that's all mm -hmm. that and that's it, normal and it's normal and it's you know i you know we see it daily you know you see it daily in real life and that's what it needs to be and i'm it, really glad disney did actually it took a, it took a little bit of a strong arm to get it to kind of go through but i feel like um because ultimately, it make it, it. It's like some people say, "Well, if it doesn't make any sense to the story, why is it there?" Because that's points to normalize it, and that's mm -hmm. and that's the key thing. I, I, it was a kind of thing like it had to get brought up because it's just been all over the place. And again, like the same thing with Tim Allen of like, okay, so he's a conservative Republican. He's not been removed from this film. He was never planned to be in it because they because always people go, "Oh, it's the toy. The toy would be used the same." It's like, yeah, but every toy uses most toys with the voice things use a, a side-in actor. Most people don't really, but Tom Hanks's brother does the voice of nearly all the toys, all the video games, all the animation. Tom Hanks doesn't do it, but that's why he sounds a little bit different. But yeah. I don't think people can get their heads. I think, and I think most of the people that are making a big noise of this will probably never even watch watch it because. But they are expecting Buzz Lightyear from twenty years ago to be the main character, and this is it's not. It's just not that kind of Toy Story. It, it's a brand new Toy Story. That inspired the toy and that's all it is and chris evans does a great job in it too he's definitely channeling his captain captain america persona and he fits it really really well but going with uh tim allen there it doesn't make sense for him to be the character this is a new direction for the series if they want to continue following on this and also guys it's really well known tim allen hates doing voice acting the only reason he did the toy story movies was because of money you know yeah all the way up through Toy Story Park Four, sorry, he and has, he is, yeah. And I was he, gonna say he, he is working with it. Yeah. And he has, he is working with Disney right now. He's literally just finished filming the Santa Claus movie for Disney Plus. So Disney aren't not working with him; they are working with him. I think that's what's been really everyone like shouting about him. He's literally working with them on something. This this last week, he's just finished filming a series. You know, they are happy to work with him, and it's like you know they've not you know they've not got rid of him he, they're working with him on a franchise he's been involved in for ages and Lightyear was announced what five years ago yeah it's it's been in the works for a while and we've known he wasn't attached for a very very long time uh, but this goes back to the beginning of the episode of our episode where it's you know most people aren't tuned into that most people only heard about Lightyear when the first trailer dropped or even like when it started popping up in theaters yeah. uh between this and people getting offended over um, lesbians merely existing, it, it feels like the people who are getting offended just want to be offended. Honestly, it's a, it's a very one because again, yeah. it's it's just such a shame because the, the film is is really good. It's really good. It's not the best Pixar movie of all time. You know, there's no point in sugarcoating. It's not even. I don't think it's even remotely like Toy Story. It's a very different kind of thing. It's different. It's fresh. It actually did remind me a little bit more of like the stuff I used to watch as a kid, you know, that kind of had that feel to it. And maybe being a kid, you know, I would have been, you would have probably been a little bit older than Andy at the time. But yeah, you went to that Andy experience, didn't you? Was uh, that, what was that? Was that? Just a fancy, that was just a fancy name for it showing <laughs> a day early. There was literally nothing special about the Andy experience, but that was what they called it. Yeah. Uh, and it also afforded me the option of seeing it early and the theater was significantly less crowded. So yeah. I didn't have to deal with the the chatter like I did for mm -hmm. Dr. Strange and Black Widow and, and those other movies. Speaking of Dr. 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 Strange, yeah, <laughs> Dr. Strange is out on Wednesday. So that'll be on Disney plus on Wednesday. Um, I don't think it'll be too long till Lightyear is on Disney plus as well. I'm guessing August, 
I think that'll be August time. But on that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What's On Disney Plus podcast. Also, keep an eye out as well. We'll have the live Q&A on Sunday night on YouTube. And as I said, there'll be a new. I'm going to be aiming to get them up on the audio feed. And on that note, guys, thank you very much. See you guys too, in, to infinity and beyond. No, I'm not doing that. You're going to do Yeah, we can. No, I'm not going to do that. No. Do that. It wasn't it wasn't Baymax, it was just an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for watching this video. Make sure you go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. Also, a huge thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon and also on our YouTube channel memberships. And I'll just see you guys in another video. Laters.